Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. This is week two of our series, Past, Present, and Future. And the first week of this series, I I read to you last week, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, where Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. Now get this, he says, who is, who was, and is to come the Almighty. That's what this series is based on. That we serve a God who is a a God of our past, He is a God of the present, and He's the God of our future. And wherever we find ourselves in life, as long as we call upon His name, He's there. He's in our past, He's in our present, He's in our future. And last week we talked about our past and how our past has the ability to keep us separated from God. And if you don't properly reconcile your past, it will continue to be a hindrance in your walk with Christ. Today, I want us to look at the present, where we're at right now in life, whatever it is that you're going through, if you're on the mountaintop or if you're in the valley, no matter what it is, I want us to look at the present and where we are at. Because it's easy for us to see God in retrospect and how he brought us through our past. For, for most of us in the room, many of us in the room, we have a testimony that speaks of, of where we used to be, but God didn't leave us there. God brought us out of that. Amen? And so in retrospect, it's easy to see that. Sometimes we can even muster up enough faith to know that God has our future. I mean, after all, we've, we've trusted him with our eternal souls. That's our future. That's the, as a child of God, that's where I'm heading. I'm heading into eternity With Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I am saved. Praise the Lord. I am not destined for what I was once destined for. And so we can can see the past, and, and sometimes with enough faith, we can see the future. But sometimes it's hard to see God in the moment, in the present, where we're at. When things are really going good for us, sometimes we have this tendency to convince ourselves that we created the circumstance that that we're currently living in, the the greatness of that circumstance, that it came about because of our, our work, our hands, our decisions. And we forget that it is God who gives the increase. And when life is good, we have to remember it is only because God has brought us into that season and so God ordains our steps and, 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 and where we go into and what seasons we progress to. But when things are really bad, we might be tempted to believe that God has forsaken us. That, that where is God in that moment? Probably one of the most human moments that you will ever find with Christ is as he is hanging on a cross and he looks up to heaven and he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it's in that moment that he was fully human suffering for our sins and sometimes we find ourselves there. We, we wonder, God, where are you in this moment? Where are you in the middle of this turmoil that I'm facing? I pray that today helps us realize that God is here now. God is in this moment. The New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. And the Greek language can be a little confusing to us because often there's more than one word that describes things or thoughts and one of those words is the word time 
The concept of time is translated using two different Greek words throughout the New Testament. And I've, I've used these words before in our, our Sabbath teachings. But these words are the words chronos and kairos. Chronos and kairos. And, and both are translated into English as the word time. And so when we read our English versions of the Bible, we run across the word time. And, 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 and if we're not careful, we won't get the true meaning of, of what's being said. Because those, both of these words are translated as time. They are very different words. Chronos is, is the time that continually moves from the past through the present and into the future. That's chronos. Chronos is the time that we measure our watches and our clocks by. It's our, our calendar time. If, if you are the type of person that you still have a physical calendar, it's not digital on your phone, and, and you actually you know, X out the different days, you're living in chronos moments is what it is. You're living on chronos time. It's the time that dictates our lives and our schedules. It is time on the move that cannot be stopped. It cannot be slowed down. But kairos, kairos is a different word for time. The Greek word for, for time kairos describes a moment in time. It's very specific. Kairos is the time when something special takes place. A major distinction between these two ideas uh, about time is that unlike chronos, kairos is not measured by quantity. And speaking of kairos, we're not speaking about the amount of time. No, a kairos moment can be just for a second. Rather, we're speaking of the quality of time. It's a special moment. One might say something like this, I've been married for years, referring to chronos. Gentlemen, be very careful on how you say that because it can come back to haunt you. But we would say, I've been married for years and we're talking about calendar time. And, and so it's chronos. But someone else might speak about their marriage and they might say, being married has been some of the best, the greatest years of my life, referring to kairos, special moments. One of my wife's favorite movies is Dirty Dancing. I remember, a day, I remember a day we couldn't say that in the church. But oh, how times have changed. So one of her favorite movies is Dirty Dancing. And, and the theme song for this movie is uh, I Had the Time of My Life. I remember when we were first married, um, I was, I was, it was early on a Sunday morning. I mean, like, like 6 o'clock in the morning. And I wake up. And, and I know it's church day, you know, we got to get, this is before I was in ministry and, and I know we've got to get ready, ready for church, but I wake up and I hear giggling in the, in the TV room and Mandy's just in there having her own little party, just laughing out loud before LOL was cool. I mean, she was, she was in there just laughing out loud. And so I walk in there and I'm like, what are you doing? And she is watching dirty dancing and she just has the giggles, man. She's just living it up. But that, that song, you know, if you know it, sing it with me. I had the time stop singing that in church <laughs> but but what the what the singer is saying in that song is i had a special moment if that song was written in the greek it, it might say i had a kairos moment in life probably doesn't rhyme with too many other things so you wouldn't want to say it like that but but i had the time of my life i had that kairos moment kairos is used to describe those special events like the day that you got married or or maybe the day that you, the, the there was the birth of, of of your child or maybe your favorite child i mean um 
it was a Kairos moment on the day that you, you graduated from high school or you graduated from college. If I was to ask you about a special day in your life, you may respond with, it, it was a special moment. It was, a, it was something meaningful to me. In other words, it was that Kairos moment. And I'm afraid, church, that all too often we are so concerned with the chronos, the calendar time and the clock time, we're so concerned with chronos that we miss out on the kairos. We miss out on those special moments where God wants to do something significant in your life, but we're so worried about what is, what is happening in the clock that is ticking and the calendar pages that are turning. And because our lives are dictated by clocks and calendars, we tend to believe that God is bound by clocks and calendars. As I've stated before, God is not bound by time. The deadline may be approaching for you, but, but God has no deadlines. Time is bound by God, not God bound by time. God does not exist in time. Time exists in God. And so you, you may have something pressing on you, but God has never had anything pressing on him. God has never been late because time is not of the essence with God. And, and it, it, it confuses us. And we're like, what? And, and, and God's like, I've never owned a watch. Never. Never. God has never been early. Because that would mean that God is concerned with a deadline. And he wants to get there before it starts. And, and that's not the case. God's not concerned with a deadline. God is who he is. And he does not panic. And he's always been this way. Hebrews 13 and 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're starting to understand that God's got you covered through every season of life. That, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And these words remind us that Jesus transcends time. He's not limited to the, the constraints of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This means that, that God is in your past. Listen to me. You've got to try. It. This is just going to be like boom in just a moment, okay? Just, just try and wrap your mind around this. I didn't say God was in your past. God is right now in your past. I, I hope you get, you get this, okay? You're here, but right now... God is there, here, and there. Does it give you a headache too? I mean, I'm just like, what? What that means is that all of this stuff over here, the stuff that we, we unpacked last week, all of the past that's over here, all of that, God is able to go back into that, but he's not going back because he's already there. And God's dealing with all of that, and he's creating this to be something that's going to be beneficial for your life. Even when you can't see that this is beneficial, God says, I can take what you look at as a mess, as a mistake, as a sin against you, as a sin against God. I can take all of that, and, and while you're over here enjoying this, yes, I'm here with you here, but I'm there also, and I'm working all of that out for your good. So God's in the past. God is... is is in your future for certain he, he's preparing all of this he says jesus looked at his disciples and says if it wasn't true i wouldn't have told you that i go to prepare a place for you he, he's preparing that god is in your future also 
And so if God is right now in our past and God is right now in our future, you can rest assured in knowing that God is right now in your presence, in your present. In today's text in Matthew chapter 6, it finds us at the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, I want to read verses 25 through 34. And, and what you have to realize about the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's the longest public speech that's recorded by, uh, of Jesus that's recorded in your Bible. And the ministry of Jesus is fairly new in this moment. And the multitudes, the crowds have gathered in because they want to hear this new rabbi's interpretation of Scripture. They want to know what he is saying about the Old Testament. This is, is his yoke. This is his interpretation of Scripture. And the crowds have assembled to hear Jesus speak on these things. And so Jesus gives some very great practical advice on how it relates to the kingdom of God. But it's different than anything they had ever heard before. And so Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And, and I really need you to put yourself in that crowd today. And I want you to hear what Jesus is saying to you right here in this moment. So we're standing on a mountainside. Jesus is speaking to us. Listen to what he says. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Man, there's something for us to live by right there, right? You, just because you worry about it is not going to add a day to your life. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I have watched people worry about tomorrow so much that they fail to live in the present. In the same sense, I, I've seen some people that are so worried about overcoming their past that they fail to enjoy the present and where God has them right now. And for many people, it's, it's hard to live in the present. We're off, often either so consumed with past hurts or mistakes, or we're anxiously awaiting the future that we fail to see God in our present circumstances. And I promise you this, wherever you are at right now, God's there. Failing to see God where we are at can cause us to look elsewhere in time for happiness and contentment. And so when we don't see God right here, we start looking at, at, at how things used to be and, 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 and we become blinded by this. You saw this with the children of, of Israel when the Hebrews were out in the wilderness. They, they had escaped 
bondage. They were slaves in Egypt. But when the going got tough, there were moments in, in the wilderness where they kept saying, oh, if we could just go back to Egypt. They, they, they were thinking to themselves just about the positive aspects. We were fed in Egypt. There was something for us to eat. Of course there was something for you to eat there because they had you as slave labor. They wanted you to be strong. And, and so while you were in bondage in, 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 in Egypt, they, they, they kept feeding you. But right now you're struggling because you, you're, you're only getting manna from heaven. Oh, it's nourishment but you don't see it as nourishment right now you're just longing to eat what they used to, to, to feed you and so when we're when we're consumed with past hurts or mistakes or anxiously awaiting the future and we we don't see God in our present circumstances we, we begin to look elsewhere in time and we we look back or maybe sometimes we look forward and we start thinking man if I could just get to this place if I could just make enough money if I could just buy this home if I could just buy this car if I could just find someone other than the one I'm with right now and we find ourselves longing for another place in time when you can do nothing about that you are in this moment God has you in this moment for a reason and 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 starting to wonder what you're missing out on is going to to to, to be the death of you if you don't get that in check we become discontent and we either want to push through our current situation to that distant future that we can't have right now or resort back to a past that's no longer there or not healthy for us. And as a child of God, we must learn to exercise the, the, the faith that wherever I am, where, whatever I'm going through, God's got me in that moment. I want you to look at somebody and say, God's got me. God's got me. Understand your God is not absent from your current circumstances. You may find yourself like Daniel in the lion's den. Well, God's there shutting the mouths of the lions for you. You're not dead yet, are you? Check your pulse if you need to. You're not dead yet. God's shutting the mouths of the lions. They will not consume you. You may find yourself like Peter and the, and the disciples in a storm-battered boat. And you're concerned. God, where are you in this moment? And, and, and he's just resting peacefully in the boat. You just got to wake him up. That's all. And, and he'll step right out and calm your storm. You may find yourself like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. And, and I love the way that this whole thing played out. They, they said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we, we know that our God is able. Even if he doesn't save us, we know that he's able. They, they heat the, the, the furnace up. They throw these boys in. Nebuchadnezzar comes over and looks in it. And he says, did we not throw in three? He said, there's four in there. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. And we're talking thousands of years before, or hundreds of years at least, before his birth. He's always been... He always will be, and wherever you are right now, He is there in that moment. So don't become so consumed in what you're going through that you forget who's going through it with you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Some of you are like, thank God, because my brother's never there. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes the greatest Kairos moments happen in the middle of your trial. Don't miss out on what God has for you right now. No matter what troubles you're going through, this is a moment that God can show up and show out in your life. Don't miss out on this. I remember when I was around eight years old, me and my older brother were over at a, a family's house that, that attended my dad's church where we pastored. And, and my brother at the time, he was dating their daughter and I was good friends with their son. And so we were over at their house and, and 
they decided, the family decided they were going to go to Tallahassee. It was about an hour's drive away. They were going to go to Tallahassee to go bowling. Now I'm eight years old. My brother's a teenager. And, um, and so I, I wanted to go. And so my brother called my mom and dad and, and he said, you know, they want to go bowling. Do you mind if we go with them? And, and after a conversation on the phone, my brother came back and he said, um, mom and dad want you to come home now. And I'm thinking to myself, you told them you didn't want me to go. You, you just didn't want your little brat brother hanging, hanging around, did you? That's, this is your fault, isn't it? He said, just trust me. You want to go home and you need to go home now. I don't want to go home. And so on their way to Tallahassee, they, they took my little butt by mom and dad's house. They took me home and I walk in the door and I'm just angry. I'm eight years old and I'm walking in the door just mad, just angry. And I walk in and I walk to the TV room and there's my mom and dad and they're just sitting there on the couch, just staring at the TV, just smiling. It was creepy. It was like, what is wrong with you people? They're just smiling at a TV. There's no sound. Nothing's happening. And I look at the TV and connected to the TV and right in front of the TV was an Atari 2600. <laughs> How many of you in the room remember the Atari 2600, the original, right? Yeah, kids today, they wouldn't know what to do with that. We played combat for the rest of the night because that's the game that came with it and I couldn't afford anything else. So we played combat, me, mom, and dad. Man, I was, I was shooting army tanks and everything else. We were in a battle for the rest of the night, but it was one of the greatest battles of my life because in that moment, when, when, when I, all I could see was what I was going to be missing out on. This, this is the future, I'm looking to the future. When they get to Tallahassee, they're gonna be bowling, they're gonna be having fun, they're gonna be eating pizza, and I'm not gonna be there, and that's all I could focus on. But, but little did I know what they had waiting for me now. God's got something for you now God's blessings are now and sometimes the blessing is just knowing that he's there in some of my darkest moments in life some of the greatest blessings has just been the reassurance of knowing that he's there Deuteronomy 31 and 6 tells us be strong and courageous do not fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you he will not leave you or forsake you Joshua 1 and 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 23 and 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wherever you go, he's with you. Every step that you take, he is with you. And in this present circumstance that you're at right now in life, God is there. And God never promised that, that you wouldn't go through stuff. Oh, you're going to go through stuff. God never promised that you wouldn't go through stuff. He just promised to be with you as you go through it. God is there with you and he's closer than you think. And in this moment, he wants you to be reminded that he's there. And chances are you walked into this room worried about something that hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's, it's bills that need to be paid. Maybe it's relationships that need to be mended. Maybe it's a diagnosis that you're waiting on the results and, 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 and it's got you anxious. Or maybe you're just haunted by what has already happened. And you can't go back and change what has happened. But what you can do is live for today and, and know that God holds today in his hand. Because although God may be there and he may be there, he is still very present right here. One of my favorite quotes from The Lion King is when Simba is telling Rafiki 
that he's got to face his past. And if you remember the scene, uh, Rafiki takes the stick in his hand and he, he hits Simba over the head with it. And Simba's like, ow. He said, what was that for? And Rafiki responds with some of the greatest words of wisdom. He says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. You can't change that, but you can live right here, right? What happened in the past is the past. You can't change it, but God's over there right now in it, turning it into a testimony for your life. But you've got to learn to see God in the now. I love how God interacted with Moses in the desert. Moses, who had a past because he killed someone, and he's, he's living life in the desert in seclusion, in exile, and he's tending his father-in-law's uh, herds, his sheep, his flocks in, in, in the desert. And, and he, he's just minding his own business one day when all of a sudden this, this bush just begins to burn. Now, spontaneous combustion in the desert is, is not that uncommon. What was uncommon is that it was not being consumed. The bush is burning, but it's, it's not being consumed by the fire. And so he goes over to check it out. This is how God gets in your world and gets your attention. And he goes over there and God begins to speak through the bush to him. I don't know about you, but if, if that ever happens to me, just, just follow the trail. I won't tell you the trail of what, just follow the trail. God begins to speak to Moses through this bush. And I, and I love this. He tells him, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. In other words, get comfortable in the present, Moses. Take off your shoes. Stay a while. Let's talk. And God begins to tell Moses, you're going to be the liberator. You're going to be the one that leads my people out of bondage. I'm going to use you. And, and though he has no confidence in himself, God is telling him, you are going to be the one. I am going to raise you up. And when he finally has enough of the conversation and realizes he's not going to be able to outthink God or outcommunicate God on this, Moses looks at God, looks at the bush, and he says, who will I tell them sent me? He says, if I got to walk in there and, and to Pharaoh's court and, and I've got to, to communicate for you right now, who do I tell, who do I tell sent me? Who do I tell them sent me? And in other words, he's saying, God, what is your name? And understand that no one in history had ever had the courage to ask God his name. This is a gutsy call. And he, he dared to ask God, what is your name? What, what do I say? Who, who do I say sent me? What's your name? And God obliges. But God doesn't give him the answer that, that, that we would think. He doesn't say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Jim. You know, that's not it. God says, you tell them, I am sent you. Don't miss this. He could have said, I created the world. You want to know who's sending you? I created the world. But that's past tense. He, he could have said, I'm the one that will lead you into the promised land. That's future tense. But when God spoke back to Moses and he said, what's your name, man? I got to know. Who, who do I tell them sent me? He said, I am. That's present tense. I am. I am not what I did. Understand this. In your life, God is not what he did. He is not what he's going to do. He is who he is right now. Right, God's got to be good enough for you in, in those terms. 
It's not about what he did. It's not about what he's going to do. It is about who he is right now. I am right now. I am sufficient. I am able to meet your needs. I am able to, to bring you through whatever the circumstance is that you're going through right now. I am. I am. And Psalm 46 and 1 tells us that God is our refuge and our strength and he is a very present help in time of trouble. He is a very present help in time of trouble. So I can't change where I've been but what I do right here in the present, it will affect what my future looks like because I've got to put complete and total trust in him right now. And my best option, honestly, it's my only option that leads to life is, is, is to go there and to trust God in my now. Because I don't know what tomorrow holds, but, but church, I know who holds tomorrow. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Somebody say now. Now. Now, now God, in this moment. And here's my prayer for us right now. God, create a Kairos moment here now. God, let our eyes be opened to see you moving in our lives now. I don't have to live off yesterday. I don't have to just hope for a better tomorrow. No, God, now. You are sufficient for me now in this moment. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.